This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You're listening to The Dworkin Report. I'm Scott Dworkin. Today on the show, it's the third and final part of my hour-long interview with Tom Arnold whose new Viceland series, The Hunt for the Trump Tapes, will premiere at 8.30, the night of September 18th. In our first part, Tom revealed the inside story of Michael Cohen flipping. In the second part, he told us about the film producer who paid for Donald Trump's night of Russian prostitution sampling at Miss Universe. And in this final installment, we will explore his visit to the home of notorious mobling Trump associate, Felix Sater. Tom also told us a few more details about Michael Cohen that we will reveal today. It has been a couple of extremely eventful weeks since we recorded this interview with Tom Arnold, but the relevance of the material has only grown since then. While America has watched our unindicted co-conspirator president rail on Twitter against the deep state, Hillary Clinton and the cruelty of life, and against one high-ranking Justice Department official in particular, the man who the AP just reported found out that Russian intelligence has Trump over a barrel all the way back in the summer of 2016, Bruce Orr. Bruce Orr indicted the head of the Russian mafia, Simeon Megilovich, the brainy Don is Megilovich's nickname, and that'll become important in a minute. DOJ lawyer Bruce Orr has personally led the charge against Russian organized crime in this country for decades. Of course, That makes him enemy number one of the Russian mob. And now, the president is calling him out by name. Why is this important to Tom Arnold's talk with Felix Sater? Well, there's more going on than the general public has noticed on this front. We've obtained a leaked email written this week from Felix Sater to MSNBC's Rachel Maddow, where he objected to her factual reporting about Bruce Orr and denied having mafia connections. The subject of Sater's email is simply... Simeon Mogilevich, and he copied 48 other journalists from Reuters to the New York Times, from BuzzFeed to Yahoo, and one of the latter's journalists, Hunter West, even posted on Twitter about it. Firstly, Felix Sater is a Rachel Maddow viewer, but that shouldn't surprise everyone. He's flipped on Trump, he met Maddow in early July, and there's a picture of the two of them together on Twitter. A source close to Sater told us, that he now sees himself on a mission to reveal Trump's wrongdoing to the world, that he wants to be bigger than Jordan Belfort, the infamous stock swindler of the Wolf of Wall Street, who was actually one of his contemporaries in the bucket shop penny stock scam world of the mid-1990s. Sater ran his scam from the Trump offices at 40 Wall Street, and that's how he became a twice-convicted felon, how he became a long-term government informant for the FBI, how he became known as a mob associate, pleading guilty of running a $60 million racket with members of the Russian and Italian mobs. So, after all of that, Felix Sater still has the audacity to demand a correction from Rachel Maddow, who became America's most-watched television personality by getting the facts straight and claiming that, quote, attaching me to Mogilevich is disgusting 
untrue, and insulting. The FBI came to me in the early 2000s to help them catch him, end quote. Sater even disparaged the lawyers who fought to reveal his cooperation and felony sentencing reports. But in a bit of irony, we had already received a tip months ago from a New York lawyer with a report from a former mob attorney who said that the retaliation against them was unfounded. But that's what Sater clung to in his open letter in his desperate attempt to distort the truth. We could hear more about this next week when Rachel Maddow returns to MSNBC from vacation. Now that you're up to speed with the insanity that is Felix Sater's dizzying spin, just take a listen to some straight talk from Tom Arnold on him going into the lion's den, a personal visit to Sater's Long Island home. Because it's relevant to this story, and Arnold's recollection provides a ton of context to Sater's open letter to Maddow, and to the way that all of these Trump associates are trying desperately to hide or downplay their ties to Moscow now that the chips are down. Here's the last part of my interview with Tom Arnold. And you also met with uh, Felix Sater. I'm not sure if you oh, yes. knew. But I went Felix Sater. Well, the first time I was at the, this is the first time I was at the Regency with at Michael Cohen there. This is the first time, uh, uh, May 2nd, when I came out to Howard Stern, I stayed there too, and, and he was there. And I went to Felix Sater's house in Long Island and met with him, and he was very, you know, these guys are very nervous. The one thing that all these guys have in common is they don't want to be tied to Russia. They'll be, they'll be tied to crime, but not Russia. So, and Felix Sater, and, and he, th- th- it's true, though, people were right, call, calling him a, 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 you know, a Russian asset, and his family did, you know, he's Jewish, and they did have to leave Russia because they were Jewish, and that's a fact in the 70s. And, you know, Russians... And, and, and I, I keep telling my Jewish friends, you know, you know, Putin and Russia are not fans of Jews, and people around Trump are not fans of Jews, and Steve Bannon is not a fan of Jews. So, you know, it's time to get, get you know, get woke on this shit too. You know, it's not just you know looking out for our, our, our uh, you know, the the women that we care about, or the African Americans that we care about, or the Central Americans. We got to start looking out for. Our fellow Jews, so you better stand, stand the fuck up, and get some fucking balls, because there's a lot of Jews that are still supporting this guy, and uh, and it's ridiculous. All right? Did Sater or Cohen admit anything about their Russian ties at all when you met with them? Well, I mean, Cohen. First of all, Sater. I mean, every one of these guys. It's a weird thing. They have this weird thing about Trump, but they hate somebody with Trump. You know, I did. Uh, there is one thing about Sater where. <laughs> <laughs> I did use some footage from a long, uh, with Felix Sater from a long uh, lens, which I wouldn't normally do. But he was recording me at the same time. I I could see him. I could see I was. He had a bike in his pocket that wasn't our bike, and his house was fucking wired. Like it was looked. It looked like, you know. And I know he's cooperated. He's cooperated with uh, with uh, the the uh, uh, the good guys. But he was house was fucking wired. I mean, I went in, went in there. I had my guys go in and first and check it out. They're like, oh, this fucking it's wired. So you, know, I could see where his things were. And as he walked me around his house, like I was on parade for his thing. And I wasn't sure if it was a U.S. Marshal. It wasn't. 
But and then I could also see as he's walking around, you know, I could see he had his—it's really badly wired. But I could see the light. So I, my guy showed it on. So I figured if he's wired like me, so I used some footage from far away where he might have been aware. Where because I he sort of held his hand up over his bike, so I got a little bit of stuff. But uh, what was your question? Oh, just if anything interesting, if the, if Sater had ever admitted the fact that he's tied to the Russian mafia or anything Russian related. Well, I think nobody's going to say mafia. They're going to say business. Right. Absolutely tied to Russian business. A hundred percent. He tried to build the Trump Tower, Russia. A hundred percent. That was with the Russian businessman. You have to understand in Russia, these guys are legitimate businessmen. That's why all these Republicans they want they love Russia more than they love America because Russia is white. There's no women don't have any rights. Uh, business, you can do business. There's no rules. There's no there's the corruption. What they, they don't call it corruption. It's business as usual. You know, you can have, you know, so, the, the, you know, what we would call a mafia. Felix Sater is determined to change the narrative about Russia, and a source close to him even says that he wants to be a top anti-Putin activist now, though it seems like just another publicity ploy by the gangster-turned-publicity hound. But the truth is that Sater was also working with a lot of money launderers from the former Soviet states like Kazakhstan. New York attorney and journalist James Henry, he told us that Sater set up a joint venture with a Kazakh national, Ilyas Krapanov, in Netherlands to launder money for Trump Soho, and it was used as recently as 2013 to 2015. That company was set up by Rudy Giuliani's former law firm, Bracewell. He said, and I quote, Giuliani is involved in everything, including Sater's money laundering company. Wow. Henry helped the Dutch outlet Zembla do an amazing documentary about Sater and Trump Soho and money laundering along with McClatchy DC, an old line newspaper company. Did a huge deep dive follow up with the filmmakers and the organized crime and corruption reporting project, the OCCRP, looked them up about Sater's unsavory financial wizardry. Michael Cohen is also desperate to keep his ties to Russia in the dark, but Tom Arnold told us the lowdown on his terrible alibi for the Trump-Russia dossier and about the hilarity of his convicted co-conspirator, the Taxi King, whose thirst for the spotlight might exceed Sater's thirst for attention. Take a listen to this segment about Trump's convicted felon former lawyer who flipped on him last week. And another thing about Michael Cohen, his taxicab partner, Gene, came down to the hotel, dying to be on the show. Like, Gene, uh, I just saw the, the Maggie uh, Hamerit tweeted, uh, like, Gene, Michael Cohen is a serious shit because of his, uh, the taxi king, Gene, who is, really wanted to be on the show, who's friends with uh, the guy that, I don't know if Michael Cohen knows him, but my buddy who was in the bar with him that got in the fight is, is, is friends with Gene and, and Gene came down to the hotel too. He, so you're with Gene and what happened? Or what okay, happened? so Gene, here's <laughs> the thing. The, the people around Trump are so sketchy. They're all turning on him. And then the people around them are sketchy. So like Cohen's turned on Trump and then Gene is a taxi king that worked with Cohen and he's turned on. He was already cooperating with the feds when I was there with Cohen. So he wanted to be on my show, too. Right. <laughs> He's a, I'm a very nice guy. He flew my buddies to a Pittsburgh Penguins game. But uh, so anyway, I went out to be Felix Sater. 
They just don't want to be connected to Russia. Cohen, his big thing was, I have an alibi for the Trump dossier, the Prague thing. And, and in fact, the, one of the last things I did before I left um, the Regency was call Jason, the, the lawyer at TMZ, the Warner Brothers lawyer, and say, um, uh, I need uh, Michael Cohen, I need, which I didn't care, like I was happy to do because I'd asked Michael Cohen to give me documentation. I was trying to think, what one thing can I play on my show that, you know, because if I got I want, well, any of those tapes, which you heard one of them, the Michael Cohen tapes, I wanted a real journalist like uh, M.J. Lee, who did, you know, CNN got the tape, the first Michael Cohen tape, right? Right. Which is what, you know, my, I had M.J. Lee come down to the region and have lunch with me when I was there, and and, uh, and who she's a fantastic journalist. I'm not saying she got the tape, but she came down and had lunch with me when I was there, when my Cohen was there, and, and uh, she's an amazing journalist. But anyway, CNN got the first tape. So, uh, but it, 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 because it's breaking news, because, uh, you know, my, my thing is Trump has to resign, whatever. But I thought, what could I get that would be that you could, that I could save my show that wouldn't affect the world? And I'm looking for this Melody Elevator tape. And so I said, uh, I wanted him to confirm the name of the first lawyer that handled the client with the elevator tape. And so I, I asked Michael Cohen, I texted him the name to confirm that name. And I thought if he could confirm that they were giving me the documentation from Trump, from him and Trump, then uh, then that'll be I'll leave there happy, you know. Besides him flipping and stuff like that. So then I was asked by his friend to get him to don't to double his alibi so I could tweet when he tweeted uh, before the Fourth of July that he was definitely not in Prague and people owed him an apology. Uh, that I could back that up. So I asked. So I called Jason, who's a lawyer at uh, TMZ, who has been helping with the elevator tape stuff. I said, "Hey, listen, Mike Cohen said that he was meeting Harvey on this date, uh, you know, which coincides with the Steele dossier, saying he was in Prague, and uh, it should be easy. Uh, and, and I assume it has something to do with Trump appearing on his show, Objectified, or whatever that bullshit Fox News show is, or whatever. Can you just confirm that?" And then he came back to the phone and said, no, I can't confirm it. And he's, Jason's a great guy. Right. Like, he would have helped me out. And I was like, holy shit. Oh, my God. That fucker wasn't brought. Like, oh, my God. He can't even get that confirmed. So, uh, so that's bad. If he was in Prague, and so, so that's what you know. That's the last contact I had with him. That was right before the Fourth of July, and then he just became a goddamn American hero immediately after that. Like, oh, I'm all in on America, right? Right, right. at Fourth of July, he's like, oh, I better get in here. This episode of the Dworkin Report is brought to you by Resistors Like You. We aim to keep this show independent for as long as we can. Visit DworkinReport.com to see how you can help out. One of the best ways is by hitting that contribute button in the top right and giving what you can. Thanks again for your support. Let's get back to the show. Here's the final part of the final episode of my interview with Tom Arnold about his hunt for the Trump tapes. Uh, there's this guy, on. Uh, he was on MSNBC today. And uh, he had a show at MSNBC. He was uh, a Republican uh, right. Uh, I can't remember his name. I was spacing out his name. And uh, I was I got kind of 
stirred with him, and he kind of slapped back at me this week because I felt like he was uh, in the middle of, of the week where on Thursday all the uh, 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 editors put out a uh, supportive uh, letter, uh, you know, about freedom of speech all over the country, and I felt like this guy, uh, oh, what's his name? Do you know the guy he has white hair? You. He's the. Yeah, Hugh. And he put out a thing like, well, you know, the mainstream media, you know, they can't bring it. Like, it was a random. They put it out like a pro-Trump thing in the middle. And I'm like, hey, I, I slapped down on him. And he came at me hard. Like, I've noticed that people that are legitimate journalists will suddenly come at me hard, like the the guy from uh, Edward Snowden, his partner. Uh, uh, what's that guy's name Glenn, over there? Glenn. It, uh, what's his name? Glenn Greenwald. Yeah. That fucking dude, you know, because he's like, there's something weird about him and how he makes his money and why he writes about the deep state, which is random. But he came at me hard, tried to come at me hard because I made fun of him and said to his trolls. Anyway, so, so, uh, so this guy, uh, but I heard a tape, there's, there's a tape of an interview he did with Trump in 2015. I saw it on Twitter today where Trump just lays out, oh, in 2013, I met the, these uh, big oligarchs and then I met the heads of, uh, when I was in, Russia for my Moscow weekend, I like to call it. He was telling him on his radio show, it was my Moscow weekend. Remember when Trump's like, I didn't stay overnight there. He said, my Moscow weekend. And I met these oligarchs and the heads of the Russian government. I mean, he literally lays this thing out. And basically that's what Felix Sater just lays it out in a business sense. And what, what I've laid out is these guys said in that meeting, in those meetings, we want you to be president of the United States at the same time. When I talk about Chuck LaBella and the people from The Apprentice and Miss Universe being there, and them saying, Putin wants you to be president of the United States, we will support you any way you can. And him saying, that's fantastic, and him coming back and saying, they want me to be president of the United States, they will support me any way they can. You know, boy, it was good in 2002 when I picked Putin's girlfriend to be Miss Universe. This is good pay. Now I'm going to be the president. I fucking love these guys. So, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe I don't have to pay them all the money I owe them. Now they're building it. You know, like, it's, uh, you know, also Trump is such a pussy. He's scared to death of these guys, too. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It is fucking ridiculous. It is. And uh, let me just tell you. What you've provided here is so uh, integral, especially moving into your, your show. When does your show premiere? When is that? Uh, it premieres on fucking Rosh Hashanah, or Yom Kippur, sorry. I just, my wife just told me, uh, no, it's September 18th, so some people may be fasting. But right. it's September 18th, we have two episodes going up that night. It is, it's really good, I have to tell you. It's better than I even thought. I'm working with great people who have... Uh, you know, the producer that went to Belarus has a green card, so I was great. I was nervous she was going to get back in the country. And, we, you know, people, like I say, Jade Mayer, David Cord, Michael Iskoff, there's, you know, people have stepped up, and people from The Apprentice have been brave. Somebody worked for Jeffrey Epstein that, that, that was raped by him and never spoken before, came forward and, and uh, saw Trump there, and never, never, Trump's never been identified at his place. We've had people, mostly women, <laughs> who've been brave and come forward. And, you know, and, and we, are, we just paint a picture of what is going on in the White House, what is going on in the world, and why, wondering why so many people are complicit to this. And we want to do everything we can to make sure this guy resides before he hurts anybody else. And that's what this show is about. And we go on until right before the midterms. And I put myself out there. 
110%. And uh, we just are laying out everything that we have, and we're still filming. And it will make sense when you see it. And it's ongoing. And, uh, you know, and, and it's also fun. You're going to have moments of... Of, of absurd, ridiculous fun, and then it gets, and we get, then we get right to it, and it's it's actually funny sometimes. Well, that's uh, obviously something one of your specialties, especially with hosting shows. I was always a big fan yeah. of the sports show back in the day, and uh, obviously, well, and I also don't take myself seriously. And boy, man, I go on a right wing uh, podcast, this Michael Dole show, right. and it is maybe the funniest fucking thing in the world. Because <laughs> you know, again, I don't take myself seriously, like. We had, you know, I'm I'm not afraid to go put myself out there or read the bad comments or face, uh, you know, whatever people have to say, or you know, I put up all the whatever Fox News has to say about me, whatever. Well, I just put it right up there, you know, whatever people have to say, whatever criticisms, whatever doubt, whatever, you know. Let's, you know, I, I'm just I'm just doing what I do. I'm not, you know, and we'll see where you know. I just. I'm just grateful when other people are doing what they do because it's all heads on deck. So, you know, I'd hate to be somebody that was just that their whole thing was criticizing other people, trying to make the world better. That's for goddamn sure. Well, you you're doing a patriotic duty and I'm sure that once this comes out uh, in regards to your show, when that comes out, it's going to be proven that you are doing a service to the country because there are very few people who have the cojones to step up and actually fight this guy toe-to-toe. And because you're willing to take the flack and the BS and the fake news stories about you or any kind of, uh, you know, doubt, that repels it better than anything else. And, and you know, again, what you're doing is important for the country. There are not many people who are willing to do anything like that, and there's no other show like that right now, and we desperately need something like that, especially an avenue like that. Uh, and, and I can't thank you enough for stepping up and doing that. I know it's been a long time coming, but uh, you really have laid out a really great case against Donald Trump. And I think that uh, when he resigns or is impeached, you're going to you're going to play a pivotal role in that. You know, I know there's a lot of people involved with the show and there's a lot of people involved with what you're doing. Um, but you really have stepped up, uh, and I don't want to be corny here, but uh, you're you're a fucking patriot, and that's what I believe, and I've always believed that. Uh, and I think people will, when the smoke clears here, and they see the show, and they see the evidence, and they see the people talking, they're going to see you as a very uh, pro- probably legitimate or close to journalist. Uh, and so, welcome to the world, my friend. Um, well, you know, I appreciate that, Scott. You know, I got a two and a half year old daughter and a five year old son, and you know, <laughs> they 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 they're gonna love me no no matter what. You know how that goes. So you know, you could be the shittiest father in the world, and they're still gonna love you. So you might as well be the best. And this is this is just being a good father. You know, doing everything I can. You know, Donald Trump. All, everything you need to know is this: he's never visited U.S. troops in a war zone. He never has. I have. Many times right. he never has, but he's going to have he's going to have the war zone come to him. He wants to have a military parade that costs a hundred million dollars. That's how big of an asshole he is. He's too scared to go to Afghanistan. He's going to make Afghanistan come to him. Now that's everything you need to know about Donald Trump. So, all right. Well, I appreciate what you do. You know that. 
you're my, you're one of my heroes. My wife loves you, and just keep doing what you're doing because I know people give you shit. I know how it is. Uh, you know, I don't care. You know, I'm mentally ill, so I get I can ignore it. I have disassociative disorder, so I can turn them off. But you're you you you're a kind-hearted uh, young man, and so I'm like fuck them. But I really appreciate you, Scott Twerkin. Keep it up, and uh, you're an inspiration. And thank you for allowing me to talk for ten minutes. Remember when you said it was going to be <laughs> an hour I, later? I have. I apologize. I also have a t- trouble with time and space, as you can tell. But it's wonderful to talk to you. Uh, yeah, you know, you're, you're, I am a huge fan. You know that. And thank you. Thank you, Tom. I want to thank Tom Arnold for taking the time. What was supposed to be 10 minutes turned into an hour and three episodes. I want to thank Grant Stern, the best podcast producer in the business. He worked his tail off on this. Follow him at Grant Stern on Twitter. He is everything to this podcast. Everything. Truly appreciate his hard work. Check out our website, dorkinreport.com, to find out more. It's a news aggregation website, and it's coming together beautifully. So check it out. Thanks again for listening. Onward!